Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Changing Climates, an initiative brought to you by the Community Climate Council. Today we're going to talk about one of my pet peeves, littering. Ugh, I mean seriously, the garbage is not that far away, my man. But I digress. I'll be joined today by local hero Bill Godfrey, the founder of People Against Littering, an organization dedicated to fighting littering as in they literally chase down people who litter and beat them with litter pickers. No, I'm joking, though I wish I wasn't. No, but seriously, folks, please pick up your garbage. All right, I'm just going to start the podcast for you before I start ranting. You know who I hate the most? People who pick up their dog poops in plastic bags and then just leave it on the side of the road. You would have done less harm if you had just left the poop, as it were, and let it decompose you. Good morning, everybody, or afternoon or evening. Good day. I am here today with Bill Godfrey of People Against Littering. So without much further ado, I'm going to let Bill take it away. Bill, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and about People Against Littering? What are you all about? Sure. Well, first of all, me, I'm 73 years old, married 45 years, lived in Brampton for 40 years. Basically, a very shy person, a loner who has been forced to come out of his comfort zone to promote this People Against Litter. Mm-hmm. I love the outdoors. I do enjoy canoe tripping and rock climbing. And uh, I especially enjoy the challenges of doing those activities alone. So this has been um, quite a challenge for me to actually get involved with people and having to ask people for help. I, I usually like to do things, like I said, alone. My cleanups I did all by myself, but I realize there's so much more potential when you get groups involved. And if I want to make a change in this world or even in this city, Definitely, I have to get people involved. So I started PAL because my cleanup started to get attention. People started wondering what's going on. And I thought, well, here's an opportunity to perhaps create awareness and inspire other people. I mean, I had no idea what to do. I'm very limited in experience. Well, I have no experience in anything like this. But I thought, well, okay, I'll create a, a group page. And I did. And so I created PAL which is actually, wasn't the original name, but it is PAL now, and it stands for People Against Littering. I mean, basically our, our mission, I mean, simply stated is to, is to clean up and prevent litter. But it's more into uniting, it's more a mission about uniting and emboldening citizens to take action against littering. That's a, a, a greater part of it. We want to empower communities. And most importantly, we want to establish a new social norm where litter is no longer acceptable and littering is no longer tolerated. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what I find. I realized initially was, the thought was, well, I'll, I'll focus on the people that are littering. And I realized that's not, that's not going to be as uh, effective as focusing on the other people that are the problem. And I, I was part of the problem for years. I walked by litter. I didn't consider it my problem. I think I put it out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. These are the people that we need to address. The people that, for some reason, feel like they don't—they shouldn't pick up litter. They don't need to pick up litter. It's not their problem because it is all our problem. And unless we get together, you know, we we need to become part of the solution, not part of the problem. And if we can get people to to actually pick up litter for a start, you know, that's going to go a big way to actually changing the whole social norm. So we're getting people to pick up litter and we organize regular group cleanups. We like to use that phrase, basically, paraphrase Bill Nye, if we want our city, our planet 
to be a better place to live in, sometimes we have to pick up another person's trash. And that's wow. so that's so true. That is so true. Same thing as it's not our trash, but it is our planet. This is the main thing we're trying to get across right now. I mean, eventually we do want to go against the people that are littering, but we feel that if we can inspire enough people to actually pick up litter, that in itself will be a deterrent to people who litter. Because when they see other people doing this, it's getting a message, a powerful message across to them. This is no longer accepted. You know, you don't just go around littering. You got all these people that care about the planet and they're picking up litter. So just watch your back. You know, we're kind of watching for you too. You know, we're going to kind of record and take a note if anybody's littering. I mean, there's limitations, of course, what we can do. And I would never want someone to confront someone littering. But I think just the, the visual image of seeing hundreds, hopefully thousands, because I really think we need thousands of people doing this. But the visual image of thousands of people going out, having fun, picking up trash, taking control of our streets and our parks, taking it away from the people, the litter, what I call the litter bugs and the litter thugs. <laughs> that's, that's the message that will get across to these people. Not everyone will stop, but a lot of the casual litterers, they will stop. They, they'll think twice about it. And a lot of them will kind of join the social norm. Mm -hmm. Be the hardcore people, you know, the litter thugs or the litter louts. Well, they're still going to do it, but they're going to they're going to hesitate about it now and maybe not do it as much. The litter thugs, the guys that dump it to the side of Hard Lake Road, they're wow. going to continue. They're criminals. They need to be prosecuted. Absolutely. Well, I'm very happy to hear you phrase it that way because I do think it's an almost a systemic issue. It's it's not just the action itself, but it's the mindset that people seem to have. Exactly. And exactly. that's something I've been thinking about recently because I've my partner's been going on litter pickups and she's invited me. And every time I go, you know, obviously I'm glad to do it and it's nice to see the place cleaned up, but my mind immediately goes to the fact that I'm going to pick this up now, but someone else is just going to litter again. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear what you've said about changing, pe changing people's attitudes, yes. getting, to, getting them to think differently, because I truly believe that is the solution here. Because otherwise, you know, we can, you and I and everyone else interested in picking up litter, we can pick up everything we want. But until we can show, until we can convince these people to stop throwing their garbage on the ground, it's an uphill battle. I agree. And I, I think the first place to start is for, and uh, like I said, to concentrate on like you and I that weren't picking up litter before. Mm -hmm. More of us doing it, like hundreds and thousands. And, and uh, because like I said, we are probably right now, we're the bigger, bigger part of the problem. If we clean up, the litters are going to think twice about it. We're mm -hmm. sending a message. We're, we're not letting you litter louts control our parks anymore. We're not going to let you take the joy away from us, our enjoyment of our parks. We're not going to walk past that litter anymore. And then we're going to be watching you guys. So just watch it, folks. Watch it. And a lot of it, it's, it's like, like you said, it's like a social norm. And if people mm -hmm. see a new social norm, is that this is no longer acceptable. A lot of people will fall into that. They'll follow. The people follow social norms. And even a lot of the people that were casual litterers, people, litterers, people that were just, you know, like, ah, the garbage can is over there. I'll just leave it here. It's okay. Someone else will pick it up. Right. It is the problem, like you said, that a lot of people, and I understand, they say, well, what's the sense? Because there's just going to be more litter. It's just going to keep on coming. 
So we have to show that it will work. It will work if we, if we just set the example first, establish a new social norm, people will follow and then we'll change things, but it will take, it will take thousands of people. That's going to be, that's the real challenge. That yeah. is the major challenge. It's going to have to be a movement, really. Well, that exactly. And that's what I want people to know that this is not a campaign. There's mm-hmm. been thousands of campaigns and yet we have the same problem year after year after year. This has to be a movement. Otherwise, it'll just be like all the other campaigns and basically die down or not. Exactly. We'll be doing our cleanups every year because people are still littering. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, you're definitely right. It has to be a movement. Well said. So when you do go, go out to pick up litter, what do, you, what do you normally carry with you? Do you have any sort of equipment? And this is just tips and tricks for people like myself yes. who would like to learn a little from, from yeah. you. Well, definitely. Uh, I mean, if you're just picking up, and most people would just go out pick up on the trail and that's great that's fantastic you know just to maintain the cleanliness that other crazy people like me have established by going in the bush but anyways i mean all you need is um basically a litter picker is great because it stops you from bending over and uh, hurting hurting your back you know it's less strain on the back i mean some people even use barbecue prongs the main thing is you don't want to touch with your hands no one i don't think anybody feels comfortable with that although yeah. I met a couple of people out behind my place. Do they, they do that and they don't care. They say, I'm washing my hands afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, litter pick whatever bag you're comfortable with. I mean, if you're not doing uh, like hardcore stuff, you can even use a shopper's bag, a regular grocery bag. What I like to take, like from my point of view, like I'm more like the hardcore type. I love the garden soil bags, like the um, Miracle Grow. Miracle Grow 56.6 liters, one of my favorite bags. It's sturdy. You can roll the sides down. The regular garbage bags are pain. So a garden soil bag, an empty garden soil bag works perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, naturally you should have gloves. I mean, technically you don't have to touch anything even without the gloves, but it, it's, it's good to have in case you have to once in a while use them. Basically for that type of thing, for just on the um, trails, that's all you need. Now, if you're like me and you will go hardcore, we call it hardcore. Excuse me, sometimes we call it hardcore badass litter picking. But I mean, I go back in the bush, I take with me, I have my litter picker, I have uh, my garden shears for cutting through thorn bushes and rose, well rose thorns. There's tons of them out there and the litter is often lurking, hiding, mm-hmm. in, just daring you, you try and get me. So I'll get it. I sometimes need, um, sometimes you take a crowbar, a shovel, sell them, sell them, but once in a while, there's some stuff that I, I just necessarily, I need that for. I always take a garden spade because a lot of times you find plastic buried under soil. This stuff has been there for decades. LJ, you wouldn't believe. Well, I got a calendar one time dated night, not a calendar, a jacket from a yellow page, mm-hmm. a yellow page book dated 1988. I've got shopping carts, convenience stores, which the name changed 2008. Oh gosh. You're getting all this stuff and they're buried in soil and the trouble is the plastic, you pull it out and now it falls into tiny little mic-like pieces, but the spade is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll even bring um, a bolt cutter because sometimes you get wire. You know, but the main thing is uh, the, uh, garden shears I always go out with whenever, whenever I'm in the bush. Definitely need that to cut through sometimes. I just can't, I can't get through. And I always come back with scrapes and, and cuts on my arms and head, even though you should wear a hat, you should wear long sleeve, you know, shirt, long, like jeans, long and, and long socks, because you do have to worry about ticks. I've never had a problem with ticks. Mm-hmm. 
you have to be concerned about that and any uh, rat ants. There's, but this is, like I said, this is the hardcore stuff. For the average person, you don't have to worry about that. You can dress out comfortably, just go along the trail. That's a major contribution itself. Even if you only pick up a couple of pieces, if everybody did that, folks, there would be no problem. Yeah. I think you have to go hardcore. Leave that for the crazy people like me. Just <laughs> maintain the trails for me. After I've done the hard work, and I, and I don't want to downplay what the other people are doing. You know, I'm suggesting, well, I do the hard work. And no, but don't. you you are hardcore. My God, I was not expecting you to be pulling out garden shears and bolt cutters. Oh, my gosh. Garden shears are really essential, really essential. Yeah. I cut myself so many times trying to get back in, into, like, especially in my area. There's mm-hmm. thorn bushes and wild roses, and they are just so thick. One time I had, there was a golf ball just staring at me in the midst of all this, <laughs> saying, yeah, I dare you to get me. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but I couldn't stand it. I crawled in, cut my way through, crawled in on my knees, and got it. <laughs> That's, see, now, now it's sounding like an extreme sport. Well, you know what? When you go back in, it is because all our shopping carts. And today I got a shopping cart mm-hmm. and it's an extreme sport because I had to haul it out through the bush and it does, it becomes like a CrossFit exercise. You wow. know, this is not, I don't recommend this for people. Please just do the casual stuff, go out, enjoy the outdoors mm-hmm. and feel the control you get when you pick up a piece of litter, how good it feels versus walking past it, frowning, and next day, walking past it again, frowning again, pick it up, take control of it. There'll probably be an area, be like 10 pieces. Maybe a lot of times you see by a park bench, 10 pieces. Folks, we walk by, we're disgusted, we're frowned. Why not just take five minutes, pick it up? Now when you walk by, it's amazing. You smile <laughs> and you feel good. You feel Absolutely. good. You've taken control. You haven't allowed it to defeat you. And that's what people are doing. Even if it's not consciously, subconsciously, what message are they giving to themselves? That I can't do this, that it's hopeless. And if this is hopeless, how can we ever solve climate change? Mm-hmm. We can't even solve this, this micro problem, you know, littering on a micro level. How are we ever going to solve climate change on a macro level? Really? Absolutely. Really? So, you know, I want to go back to your hardcore extreme litter pickup. Have you ever gotten hurt that way? Like, what's the worst injury you've gotten? Well, back is always a problem. Back, mm-hmm. When I first started, I didn't have a litter picker, and I, I just went out, couldn't stand the garbage. An interesting thing about this, and, and it's an important part, is I got inspired by seeing a neighbor come out of the park with a bag of litter. Mm-hmm. It's funny, after all these years, I got this ravine behind myself has been really bad. It's seldom walk it's a wild area but i always just was disgusted but i saw this guy carrying litter out and i thought you know what why not why not just pick it up myself and i did yeah and that's that's what got started but initially i didn't have a litter picker so i was and because there was such an amount of litter back there there was um you know like a a, an encampment you know teenager encampment and previous one where the uh, teenagers come in and they do whatever they do down there and they leave all their litter over the place. So I'd be bent over for five minutes at a time, just oh, bent one piece after another piece. And then after a while, I, um, I hurt my back. End. I mean, I never, well, never heard it. I was going to say severely, but yeah, I've heard it in where I've had extreme pain under certain circumstances where certain movements, 
But then, then I got the litter picker and that helped a lot. But even then, I think it was probably the next year, even then, because I'm reaching in in an awkward position all the time into the bushes and thorn bushes, again, I kind of aggravated my back. Most of the time, I just continue on anyway. This year, this year, interesting enough, the reason I started walking the park was because I did have some back issues and I thought walking would be good. Well, I know walking is good. And then I started seeing all the litter and I stopped doing my walks. I mean, the idea is, the idea is to walk briskly and swing your arms. Well, I put that aside because of the litter. It gradually, it, it kind of improved anyways. And then it kind of uh, flared up again for a while. I got to the point where, oh my God, just the slightest movement would be like, oh. <laughs> oh that's but, awful. You know, I just kind of worked through it and it went away. I've been lucky or, you know, and so it's back has been the main thing. I mean, you do get cuts and scrapes, especially like the thorn bushes and the, the rose. The rose, well, rose, I don't know what they call them. They don't call them thorns, but there's another name for them. And they dig in your skin and they don't want to let go. Mm. If you go the wrong way, they take a little bit of flesh out with them. Oof. Again, it's important to try to wear long sleeves so that at least you're protected to a certain extent, especially the hat, because your head is always kind of pushing your way, your way through. I get bruises sometimes. I mean, fell in the creek a couple times, you know, but never, never really hurt severely. The back has been probably the most, uh, okay. most painful thing I've had. That's good to know. We don't want you getting hurt out there with your endless tools. Yes. So why, why do you think people litter so much? You know, you think, do you think it's just people tossing stuff on the ground? You think they're lazy or do you think there's some sort of deeper psychological thing going on there? You know, it's really interesting because uh, the more I read about it, the more I learn. And it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, a lot of people just are not, like, we like to think that oh, everybody that litters, they're jerks, they're terrible people, but not the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just, it just uh, it's convenient, not it's convenient to litter versus go to a garbage can. And again, I, I talk about the social norm. It's almost a social norm that it's not so bad. I mean, everyone knows it's it's bad. It's not something you should do, but it's not something that ah, you you know you really have to avoid. So people do it. You know, it's a social norm that yeah, okay, you can do it. You know, right. like it, but you'll get away with it. And if the garbage can is too far away, then there's the other people that are the litter. I mean, I call them like the litter bugs. They're the casual litterers. They're just. And, and actually, when you look into it, most of us have littered at one time or other, for whatever reason, you know, and a lot of times litter just is inadvertent, it falls out of a pocket or something. And there's a litter louts who for some reason show their contempt to us and our society, you know, and I, that, that really bugs me. The people that, that deliberately throw like a fast food packaging, you know, deliberately leave it. It's almost like, well, take that people. And I, I think that's, um, Part of the problem is uh, we don't have enforcement. Then there's, of course, the litter bugs, but they're the dumpers. But I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's, and, and I think if once you realize, once you clean up the litter, you realize, yes, there are still litterers, but they're not as bad as you thought. Because we've allowed it to accumulate, it looks like, wow, you know, look at all this litter. There must be tons of people littering. But once you clean it up, and then you see other people picking it up, yeah, it's still frustrating to see more littering taking place. I think a lot of it is just, um, like I hate to say it, but just people just lazy, yeah? Like you yeah. said, just lazy. And then the ones that I hate are the ones that are, and I don't want to mention, say young people, but sometimes young people <laughs> don't think it's cool to put things in garbage containers, especially if they're in a group. It's more yeah. cool to kind of show disregard for what society Exactly. No, I was going to say, when I was younger, I can't, you know, 
I don't want to get crucified, but when I was younger in middle school, I was I was the same with my group of friends. We'd we'd just throw garbage on the ground, and be like, "Oh, who cares?" You know, this makes us cool. How do we change that? I what? have to think it starts with education, mm. but it's not like they taught me at school to throw things on the ground. You know, right? I almost feel like that just comes with that rebellious phase. I think so. And that's, that's a hard thing to overcome, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. I still feel guilty. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel guilty about it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a positive thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's not going to be easy getting rid of all the litter or, you know, addressing the main issue at hand, but do you have any ideas or plans that you think maybe the municipal government could enact to get people to reduce the litter? Well, definitely they need to, they need to enforce more. They're not, I don't even, be honest with the LGA, I don't even know what the fine for littering is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure there even is one. No, they, they don't know. And I mean, the litterers know that. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they know that there is no effort really made to stop littering, to prosecute. I think it would, is really important to say, you know, to, to, to emphasize that we are going to prosecute litterers and, Put up signs, I mean, to announce that there is a fine and hey, we are watching. And I would like people to think that all the people against littering people, they're watching too. Maybe, you know, they might report us or something. Mm-hmm. But the city has to show they're serious about it. And the other thing, they need more. I mean, people have complained about this all the time. And I agree, there's a lot of places don't have enough garbage containers. Yeah, absolutely convenient for people and I would really like to see in the parks I would really like to see the option to recycle there's no option to recycle. yes thank you for saying that oh my god every time I go to the park there's a big garbage container but and th- those come like maybe once every couple of kilometers but there are little yeah. to zero recycling bins what kind of message is that giving us mm-hmm. and when I'm in the park and I and I'll okay I got my plastic bottle so I throw it in there Exactly. And then now I'm sending myself a message that, okay, you just defied what you thought was important. You thought recycling was important. I was so impressed when I saw one lady one time walking. And one of the things I do, and I tell our people to do, when you're litter picking, make it obvious what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It obvious so people see and engage them. So I picked up this piece out of the creek. I reached in and I, I said to this lady, look at this. Isn't that terrible? And she started talking. She said, yeah, it is terrible. And in her hand was some little bit of recycling stuff that she was taking out. Because she did not want to throw it into the garbage can. She wanted to wow. use it. I thought, wow, good for you. And that's what we need. But Brampton should, should not give us a message that recycling is not important. They should give us a message. Yes, it's important. I know they'll, they'll say that, well, people won't use it. But we can't use that as an excuse. We can't cater to the people that are not going to abide by the rules. And that brings us to our next question. So how does your group plan on winning the struggle against littering? And like, do you have any evidence that your strategy is actually working? Yeah, the evidence for me is um, the area that I cleaned up behind my house. It's about three kilometers of trail, two kilometers of creek and all the woodland surroundings. Now it's from Wexford Park all the way up to Loafers Lake and around the lake. I clean that up and to me, this is the evidence. Number one, people have told me so many times they've never seen an area so clean, but the evidence is the fact that it's being kept clean. And I've noticed people, and not just, there's a couple of people in my group, but I've noticed other people that don't even know about people against littering. They're picking up. 
they're picking up. I talked to one lady the other night and she was picking up cigarette butts for the bare hands. And I said, listen, let me, I've got the litter pickers. No, no, it's okay. And she had mentioned that it was so hard finding any litter and that she was so glad to see it so clean. But mm -hmm. because it was hard to find litter, three months ago, she would have never done it because there would have been like, she would have looked and she would have seen hundreds of pieces of litter all over the place. So there was no sense. And I right. found another lady, same thing. It was a few weeks ago and she was doing that. Again, because it's already kept clean. Once a place is kept clean, then it really deters littering and it, it, it encourages people to pick up litter. Mm -hmm. It's working back here. And I use that, I like to use that as an example of, that's, that's proof that it can work. Clean it up first. Now I would like to see Brampton help out with, by putting up no littering signs, uh, $1,000 fine to kind of discourage the people that are littering. Cause unfortunately you still get litter, but I've one uh, last week I walked up all the way, like it was one and a half kilometers on the trail and I only got one piece of litter. And partly because people are not littering as much, but a big part is that other people are, are picking up. There's one lady in our group and Amy, and she goes out regularly. She works full time, but she goes out and she picks up on the trail, off the trail. She's oh, Bill, I only pick off the trail. That's all I do. I don't go back in the bush. Said, Amy, that's fantastic. So people like that maintain it. And I noticed the cricket field around our place, they've, they've set up, they've set up trees, uh, tree stumps in the, in the area, made it a really good people place. And people aren't littering there. And because that's it's right. in their mind, you don't litter here. You don't mm -hmm. litter here. And that's what we got to get across to people. There's, when it's clean, people get that message. You don't litter here. When they see lots of litter, hey, everybody else is doing it. Why exactly. don't I? Exactly. What's one more onto the pile, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to me, that's the example of, yes, it can work. And it'll work even more, even better when we can get people wearing people against litter t-shirts and assign custodians and have them walking at the park periodically on their regular walk. They don't have to make special tips. People again, noticing, aha, aha, new social norm. People care about littering. You know, I better just wa watch it. Yeah. So Thanks. to me, that's the, that's, uh, that's the best example that I can think of right now. And, and we're still a long ways of doing, from doing it correctly. You know, about, like I said, having people, I would love to see that when you go in the park, you can't go in the park without seeing at least one person with a people against littering shirt or clothing or a couple people with litter pickers or a person walking the dog with a litter picker. My neighbor, I'm so proud of her. I gave her one of the one a litter picker and she's out. She says, Bill, thank you so much. I see her out walking the dog. She comes back with a grocery bag, little grocery bag, and it depends on the day, but she comes back with, with garbage that she gets rid of. And I thought, wow. If we could just get all, everyone walking a dog or every one in five dog walkers, one in five people who walk in the parks, one in five joggers doing this, that would, number one, it'd set a message and establish a new social norm, but it would eliminate the litter problem. Well said. But to, I mean, I think we understand now at this point, it is a movement and it's about starting a movement because that's really how you do get people to stop littering you if you get it clean it it's much easier to keep it clean that way yes. but with that being said you know what are the biggest stumbling blocks that you've come across and what you know, do you have any sort of ideas on how you're going to overcome them you know the biggest stumbling stumbling block is um is funds because funds. Mm -hmm. and and that's actually yeah funds and then probably the first one the biggest stumbling block is myself be honest with you, I have no expertise 
no experience, no qualifications for this. Basically, I'm trying to do the job of four qualified people <laughs> to get people that know what they're doing. I have no idea about social media. I have no idea about marketing. I have no idea about organization. If, if this was being run by a big organization back when I started in March, you would have like 5,000 people in this. You wouldn't be able to go through a Brampton without seeing somebody with a People Against Littering t-shirt. You wouldn't know what be a pal means. I mean, this is, this is very, um, I hate to say amateurish, you know, but in a way it is. But I mean, even now it's catching on. And just think what an organization with funds could have done. I should have had the t-shirts ages ago. I couldn't figure out what to put on them. I couldn't figure out where we could get them. You know, it's, it's like, whereas if I had, you know, again, an organization, okay, you guys get me the t-shirts. I want something that people want to wear, that they'll be willing to wear when they go shopping because it's so attractive looking. Then the other ones that we wear when we're doing cleanups that are out to recruit, you know, with different messages, you know, and, and even bags would be a, be a pal on them or there's so much, there's so much that can be done. It can be done and needs to be done for this to work. I need to find people that are willing to, you know, it's hard because people have lives that are willing to devote their time to do this. There's so much needed. And, and the quali qualified people, that's, that's probably, I'd say the biggest stumbling block right now. And then the funds to, to fund the, the shirts and things. And the signage, we need signage. Whenever we clean up an area, we need to have signage. Like what we want to do now is try to do more visual areas. Like we went to um, Cassie Campbell Park. It was really cool. Had this father and his two sons. And he said, Bill, I want to get out litter picking. Okay, what's in your area? Cassie Campbell. Sure, why not? And he said, oh, and I've got another gentleman with his two kids. So we had him, the two of them, four kids. Another gentleman joined with his two kids. And another gentleman joined. So we walked around Cassie Campbell with the kids. And it was great. We had three young people. I couldn't believe it. Three young people approached me and said, can we join? Can we, can we help? Amazing. I said, yes. <laughs> young people coming up because they saw it. It's like a family friendly thing to do. And that's what we need to do more of, except much better to have the shirts announcing who we are. Like a lot of people, they don't know. Are they city people? You know, or what are these people? But three young people, I couldn't believe it. And I was it's just so exciting and so good to see. And that's, that's another thing, right? People seem to frown upon the idea of cleaning up. Yes. Being as dirty and, and it's the same issue that people seem to have with the idea of janitorial work. A lot of people think it's beneath them, you know? Right. I really think we need to do something to maybe change that state of mind. The thing we have to do, and that's what we're trying to do now and, and focus more on this, trying to make each outing fun. Mm -hmm. Alan Kerbal Park, we got some pictures and people are laughing and they're having a good time. But even in the future, maybe we'll have a start off with snacks or drinks or something and whatever. Like try to make it like a social event, a fun right. social event that people want to join. They're, wow, what a fun group of people. Like, hey, we'd love to do that. Mm -hmm. that's, 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 that is, um, that's vital. And I, we, we have to definitely work more on that. And I have to uh, figure out ways to make it more like most of the time we have a ball because it's a group of really caring people and we all have the same passion for the environment. But we enjoy it. I mean, I, some of the hardcore people, I mean, we go out and we do crazy stuff like, oh my God, in the bush and Hartley Road and hauling out things that really tires, we're, we're, we're big truck tires a weekend ago and hauling them. I'm with four other ladies and these ladies are amazing, but boy, they laugh and they have fun and we get, <laughs> and we get filthy and 
and we feel <laughs> we feel muscle pain once in a while, but we have, we have a ball and we feel so good afterwards. It's That's so amazing. amazing. And I want everybody to get that feeling. The gentleman today was out with me, first time he had been helping out in the creek. And I was so glad because I was in the water. I did not bother with, with boots. He had boots on, so he had to go to the shallow section. He went to a different section. I was so glad that he found a couple of things because he felt so good about it. He felt one of these, you know, the long poles they use for life-saving. Mm -hmm. A lot of them I find in the water. Well, a lot of them. I shouldn't say a lot. I've gotten about four before. So they hang them up on the, on the places where you, for life-saving. He found one of those, and he found a burlap bag. And you could tell he felt so good about it. He cleaned up the river, and he made a good point. He said, you know, Bill, I'm watching the ads, and I'm seeing water spiders, and I realize this is their home. Their mm -hmm. home. They're more important to us. We need them, but they don't need us. You know, but just the feeling he got, and I, I think a lot of people feel that way. When you start picking up litter, it becomes almost, almost addictive. <laughs> you, know, you feel so good about it. You want to do it again and again, and then you get so you can't stand any litter. Like, I hate seeing litter anywhere now. But if everybody felt that way, wow, can you imagine? Change the that world. Yeah, that'd be one way to get rid of it all. But, Bill, we are running out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You know, myself and all my colleagues over at the Climate Council, we're all very big fans, as I'm sure you know. We look, very much look forward to seeing your work in the future, and we hope to even be able to join you sometime. Well, that'd be great. That'd be great. Need to get you young people involved. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been amazing. Oh, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thank you. All right, all right. I'm calm now. I'm chill. I swear I'm not going to scream at the poop flingers again. Now, after we recorded the podcast, Bill actually reached out to me and invited me to go litter picking with him. And of course, I took him up on his offer. So I will actually be joining him tomorrow. Although by the time you're listening to this, that will already have happened. So basically what I'm saying is I went litter picking with Bill and we had a grand old time. I hope. Now join us next week as we kick off a new spooky series called Oil Horror Stories. Just in time for Spooktober. The first episode will be the case of the disappearing electric car. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. <laughs>